guys, welcome back to Aid Thompson and Other Disappointments. My guest this week is a molecular virologist chatting to me in the grip of a global pandemic. Um, but she's also a funny as fuck stand up comedian and a near religious karaoke fan. Um, and we used to gig and drink together. Um, and uh, I don't know, today we talked about getting back to normal after the pandemic, uh, the dilution of respect for experts in the media, um, from taking mushrooms. And uh, I don't know, b being fucking needy. Uh, we we had a great chat. I hope that you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed catching up with her. Uh, so please strap in for the smooth, sultry, and scientific stylings of Dr. Lisa Cross. <laughs> How you doing? I am good, thank you. I've not seen uh, you for a very long time, I so know. it's lovely to catch up with you Indeed. on this digital media. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Like I was saying to uh, a friend of mine on a different podcast, like this this is the sort of catch up where it should be around a pub table with beers sort of swilling in our hands and, you know, maybe black velvet in the background or something. Uh, I mean, I mean, yes, yes, 100 percent. Yes. Uh, and maybe some nan. I think um, maybe last time we were gigging together, we were we went for a cheeky Nando's. I think before Did we? our gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was I smashed? I think I remember. No, 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 because it was before the gig. You were fine. Oh, right. Um, and I think you were talking about starting a family. And uh, yeah, we had a cheeky Nando's. I, Obviously, you've completely forgotten that. So that's no that recollection well of it rest... whatsoever. I'm just like, <laughs> wow. For the rest of the conversation. <laughs> Whereabouts was it? It was uh, Liverpool Street. It was um, the Nando's that's like 10 seconds away from Dirty Dicks. Thus, we were in there just grabbing a bite ah, to eat before the show. Do you know what? I do remember it. It took took a little bit of a jog there. Was it just you and I or was it was there someone else? It was just... No, it was just you and I. I'm sort of... I don't know how that came about. But yeah, it was just you and I. We had a nice chat about careers and yeah. stuff. So a couple of wings. Was this um, yeah. around the time... So I was talking about starting a family, which has obviously now happened. But like, yeah. I remember that period being uh sort of in parallel to you talking about you leaving london and sort of packing it in basically yeah that totally was it yes yeah. yes and it was right about the time of your show i think as well so that whole big yeah. for us life-changing stuff going on yeah 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 yeah. Um, yeah it was on the cusp of my leaving it's sort of like in, in that sense i suppose we are in like parallels in a way because we've like we were both gigging i want to say quite relentlessly like you were you were hitting it fairly hard, weren't you, around that time? I you were hitting it harder than I because it, when I started, I had a two-year-old son, oh, right. and famously the fireman. So I couldn't. I mean, I was doing it probably a few times a month, whereas I think you were doing it three or four times a week. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So that's why I see my friends now on Mock the Week, um, yeah. and I'm just excited about going to Morrison's. I think that's um, yeah, that's fairly accurate. That's why that is. Yeah, it is. Yep, I, yep. I get it. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, I, I see people like Ishan Akbar and I see... Ta Have you seen Dane Baptiste's show on iPlayer? No, it's no, got, I must... It's got, like, it. Tanya Moore on it as well. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, she did, like, a few Panda Riots and stuff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the, it's, it's sort of the best feeling in the world, but also the worst when, you know, you're watching something on iPlayer and then your partner sort of, like, pops up over your shoulder and goes, like... Didn't you used to gig with her like that? And you, like, you, you kind of want to go, yeah. Look, I I gigged with somebody who's made like you like you're proud of them, <laughs> but also you're a bit like, yeah, fuck. Yeah, yeah. 
It's... Yeah, there is quite a handful of people we know now, isn't there? So, but yeah, it's it's bittersweet, but you know, good for them. Yeah, good for them. so happy, so yeah. happy for them. So, so very bloody ruddy happy for them. Yeah, yeah it's great. But yeah. then, like, so something I wanted to touch on um, today was, so you have sort of two careers, really, right? So you, uh, you're an aspiring comic, um, you've got up to finals, or did you win a, like, uh, a yearly oh, competition or something? Oh, I don't want to say yes to that. I um, and I think I've got this on my CV somewhere. I, in 2014, I was a quarter finalist, a funny woman. That was um, the year that Jade Adams won. Okay. And then my third ever gig was the Leicester Square New Comedian of the Year Award, and I got through to the um, quarterfinals, semifinals. Pretty good. I've been in either semis or quarters. I've never been in a final. Yeah. Um, and then I left London, and then there isn't so much of it here. I did do like the southwest comedian of the year and i didn't even play so i was like well the uh but yeah and, and yourself uh i was just kind of getting back into it um last year so i i, I mean we we all know what a hit your comedy career takes when you have a kid uh and <laughs> you know it, it doesn't hard. help it let's say that um and it, i was i was just i was sort of fortunate enough that i was in the office in the city uh in on Mondays and then I would leave the office and then shoot over to Dalston and try some new ideas and um, I never never tried the same set twice I don't think like every time I was yeah, there, you so were... I always new shit but um, but then like you know the pandemic kicked off and uh, uh, that put that to bed and now it's like um, I mean in, in a weird way I suppose you're so you've got like you're an aspiring comic but then you're a let me let me see if i remember this correctly a molecular virologist that is perfect right yeah okay yeah. um yeah but uh, like how weird is that that like you're probably the busiest comedian that i've spoken to this year <laughs> because like comedy's in the ground but yet you must be busier than ever right i i mean i have to say uh, like the pandemic has been awful for all of us and very awful for me for a myriad of reasons which i will talk about uh but just in terms of like busyness um i think just me and joe wicks just sort of knocked it out of the park for a while because did the documentary um and just i've like i said you know i've always had a son i've always had a partner that works nights yeah. i haven't been able to gig when i want to and now like zoom comedy it's absolutely brilliant it's like tw it's like 2013 all over again for me <laughs> it's uh Said no one ever um but yeah no it's really it's really good i'm doing a steady uh, like a couple of gigs a week which is something that i've never done yeah and i'm even writing new stuff you know some zeitgeisty yeah new stuff no, nobody's liking that as much as the you know the old stuff from like 2013 but um mm. yeah no it's been uh, and you know and doing this with you and i did another podcast the other day and yeah so in terms of me talking and people listening it's been a good year yeah i thought like maybe you might go the um you know like whilst comedy's a little bit quieter perhaps not on the zoom comedy um scene but like whilst like live stand-up is quieter and you're uh down in Dor is it dorset way it is dorset yep yeah. that's correct um i thought maybe you might sort of branch out into like 
the TV work a little bit more and like your background within virology? Correct me if I'm phrasing any of this stuff wrong because I don't know what the fuck. Uh, no, the words about. you're using are 100% correct. Good. That's good. That's lucky. Um, unlike my, unlike my mum, who doesn't really get it. Like you're, you're like a what, what, what are you? Um, or a stand-up chameleon, like my son used to say when he was younger. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean it's just yeah, I can't. If th there was another opportunity to do another documentary or. Um, contribute to a science film i 100 percent would do yeah. you know i just um i just have to wait to be asked basically i was toying with the idea of getting an agent but i, ha I haven't done that um in terms of the tv work but yeah i would i would love to do more i just haven't been uh, asked that i can't i can't uh magic it up <laughs> like professor so, devi shredar just fucking cornering the market on the media work yeah <laughs> yeah, I'm, I the, my proudest moment this year, though, out of all of it, was Maggie Filber. You know how much I love Maggie Filber, and almost as much as Black Velvet. Sure. Um, she started following me on Twitter, and I just the level of excitement um, yeah. that was felt on this very sofa when I saw that was just um, <laughs> ex exquisitely high. Exquisitely I, I made high. It. Yeah, Fuck I mean, I really did. I was just like, yeah, oh my god! I literally just sort of ran round. Um, yeah. yeah, it was like when I found out I was on Gogglebox. Not that I like to mention it, um, but back in April, I think yeah. end of April, and I was just sat here with my partner. We were just watching something on Amazon, and then just got all these texts going, uh, "Mate, you're on Gogglebox." And I mean, they were all taking the piss out of me. Yeah. Um, but still, I I I felt you. I just the euphoria. If you could bottle it. Yeah. Um, I literally was just I was just running around the room, and he was like, "You've really got to stop doing this now." And I was like, "This is amazing." <laughs> I was like, "This must be what like getting married or something feels like." Um, so I hear. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it was just it was just amazing. Um, yeah so that was so that was really good so yes i would love to do um love to do more stuff like that yeah of course yeah. of course that's nice I, I wondered if like maybe because of your background like your friends and family are coming like on a regular basis going like okay can, can you give me the update lisa how fucked are we yeah they are um so is it yeah, a real problem we... if i now if that's my next question if i'm like no how, because, how fucked because... are we <laughs> not great at the moment today what is it like a hundred thousand yeah. yeah it's not great is it um, it's world beating I'd say, I'd say yeah i'd say world beating level of fuckness i don't know i don't yeah. know quite um yeah no i found today really depressing to be honest with you mm. i mean there is light at the end of the tunnel i mean i my um lady in hr that i speak to in my job she was saying the other day gosh i remember when i spoke to you in march lisa and you were like yeah this is going to be a good 12, 16, 18 months to this. And we were just going into lockdown. Yeah. And she was like, surely not. And I was like, yeah. And, no, and nobody um, that wasn't a scientist believed me at the time. And they were like, oh, right, you were right then, weren't you? And I was yeah. like, yeah, I, didn't, I wasn't trying to be pessimistic. But uh, yeah, no, so I do, I do get a lot of um, uh, family members and stuff, particularly like earlier on, <clears throat> asking me stuff yeah. and my opinions on stuff. And then I think just not listening to me um, or thinking think I'm wrong, but yeah. asking anyway. Do you think it's like they're coming to you for some good news, but then your mentality yeah. as a scientist is to literally just give the facts, like the, the yeah. provable truth of the situation. Yeah. And then when you tell them something that's actually pretty dark and negative, but is real, yeah. they're like, I've got yeah, to stop yeah. talking to this bitch. This is <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen Bake Off this week, Liz? Um, yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. But um yeah, I'm happy to help uh wherever I can. Um 
I have to say, though, in terms of um, keeping up with the literature of, of coronavirus as a whole, when I was doing the documentary, I was really on it. Like, although it was early days, you know, I was still doing my own job, which isn't anything to do with coronavirus, but just reading all the papers, because obviously the worst thing in the world you could do as a scientist is is be filmed, you know, addressing people saying stuff that's not true or has gone out of date yeah. so i was really really on top of it in march and just as it's gone on i obviously still do read peer-reviewed publications but not with the same sort of frenzied yeah. uh, approach i took i took in march because it will just drive me mad so yeah yeah i suppose what you have in your corner is that you've got a breadth of experience behind you in dealing with like just the facts and going through those sorts of papers whereas i think for a lot of regular people non-scientific people uh reading that much information and and trying to get some sort of understanding of what's going on how bad it is and how they should behave etc etc can send them a little bit fucking nutty like if well of course of course yeah 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 yeah, you know, absolutely. In the same way that if I suddenly, like, m my health and the health of my family depended upon reading, like, um, law-based papers or something, you mm. know, I, we wouldn't have a clue. I'd be like, oh, my God, this is just, this is overwhelming. So I totally appreciate that. And that's why it's really important that messages are given very clearly. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and um because yeah, it's it's a lot it's a lot to take on if you haven't been you know studying it for twenty years and used to in a certain way reading a paper and getting the information out that you that you need to get really. Do you think when when you watch the news and it's somebody like Boris Johnson or um, Matt Hancock or Pretty Patel or like whoever on the news being asked a question and you know that their answer is uh, evasive and um, uh, yeah, like basically trying to uh, gloss over the actual situation. Like, you know that it's going to be a, a 12, 18 month, two year issue. And they're like, mm -hmm. we should be back to normal by Christmas or, you know, this will blow over by spring or whatever. Um, do you think that the reason that they do that is is as simple as they are optimists and they really think they can get a hold of it? Or do you think it's like that people en masse the general public are actually kind of too stupid to really handle that bleak information. Oh, wow. Well, firstly, <laughs> my evasiveness on this question comes in two parts. So the first part <laughs> yeah. is that as a civil servant, um, I am not allowed to oh, in any yeah. way right. comment on anything the government does or else I don't have a job and then, I, I, and then our mortgage doesn't get paid. So sure. that's not something I can... Do. Right. Uh, so that makes it really hard for me to answer that question. I can rephrase I'm it. If you like. Should I rephrase <laughs> yeah, it? Rephrase it so I don't get fired. With some sock yeah, puppets. Well, like, was... <laughs> so once upon a time there was a country, and they they got really bad. Oh, cold. I wonder what you're going to say there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lucky I finished that, that word off nice and uh, quick. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, we we won't go down that road. But um, does it? <laughs> let, let's say let's make it more generic. Does it bother you when some individuals uh, within society may be a little bit too optimistic for the facts that you are aware of as a scientist? Yes, it does bother me. Yeah. There you go. That was a, that was a very short reply, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, I won't ask you to expand <laughs> on someone it. Someone that you invoked to talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Hmm. That's fine. I get it. 
I didn't realise that you were a full-blown civil servant, or I, w- I would never have been so cheeky as to ask. That's um, okay. No, I've always, I have always been a civil servant ever since I um, finished my PhD. Mm. So in Public Health England, and now in the other organisation in which I work. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I've I, I've never known anything other than that. Have you? Ever and been, it's good. It's good in many ways. Have you ever been tempted to like jump ship, go private? like work for a private health company and make a million bucks. Well, that. saying that, last night and a couple other recruitment consultants um, uh, approached me via the professional networking site LinkedIn um, nice. and asked me if I wanted to apply to be the director of the Lighthouse testing facility in Manchester for Amazon. You know there's um, a big comedy scene in Manchester. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> Well, I, I told my partner about it, and he was so keen. He basically was looking on Right Move. He was like, "Well, you know, because he commutes from here in Dorset to London yeah. um, all, all the time." And he was like, "It's the same commute. Probably houses are cheaper there. We could rent this out. We could do that." Basically, yeah, basically, he'd done the whole thing. Yeah. So I was like, "I don't want to do that. Sounds a bit stressful." Um, and yeah, so I didn't apply to be the director of the uh, the lighthouse testing facility where they do, they do all the COVID testing. Um, yeah. Although I do have the skill set, um, that was a no from me. And my son, bless him, was like, "Yeah, I don't don't think we should do that because, um, like you said, it will be then like nearly five hours to Gran and Granddaddy." And he said, "No iPad's going to be charged for that long," <laughs> so it's a no from me. That was his sole basis. As anyone, oh yeah, and I'd probably miss my friend. Yeah, but, right. Yeah, I thought that's so... the route that you were going to go. Is like you know, it's not really fair on the kids, and but you know, he doesn't <laughs> seem to give a shit if it's fair on him. <laughs> um yeah so no so that was kind of like well not the dark side but that's not that's you know that's 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 private sector i nearly joined a pharmaceutical company um a few years back and just the difference between because i've never you know apart from when i worked in a fruit and veg shop um called grills country produce in um 1988 to, to 1992 i'd never worked in the private sector so um wow uh, and uh, well, uh, and also that was I had to wear a tabard. Um, nice. But yeah. I got an, an interview and in the second interview and was like headhunted to work for this pharmaceutical company. And I walked in and I was like, oh my god! I just described it as like at the time the Devil Wears Prada was very big. So I was like, oh my god! It's like the Devil Wears Science. It was all like, <laughs> um, you know, it was all like clean lines and and mirrors and glass. Yeah. And you know, where I worked looked as though like Spock could appear at any point from the 70s yeah um so yes it was it was quite glamorous um but again i just um i decided that i, I preferred the security of a civil service life rather than the the glamour um, yeah. um of of the other I although thought, obviously not that glamorous i thought you might go down the sort of like you know ethical route of like you know public health england and um, but serving your country sounds a bit strong, doesn't it? But like you know, that kind of public sectory, like no, I want to do something good, and it's not all about the money. It's about contributing, and it's about um, you know, like. But it actually sounds like you're just literally more comfortable and looking for a bit of security. Well, and... I think I think I think it's I think it's both. Like when I worked at Public Health England, I genuinely was really proud of what I was doing. I developed many tests, many assays, many PCR tests. Mm. Um, which makes me very, very angry on Facebook when people are now all saying that they know about them. Um, very, very angry indeed. Yeah. Got uh, with myself and my boss, we got a patent for a TB test. We developed a test to detect 
knife bacteria and tuberculosis in an hour. Wow. Um, and so did do a lot of good, I think. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in amongst that, there was lots of crying and lots of why has this not worked? Why has this not worked? I mean, just like, and also, you know, on a Sunday night, oh, I don't want to go in. But in intermingled in those 13 years was just, I do think, yeah. definitely did a lot of good. And when I, I worked um, in the latter years, um, did a lot of DNA sequencing, um, which they're doing now, and they're looking at the different variants of the virus. And so we would we would sequence things, and there was like an outbreak of neonate deaths in a hospital, and we were able to, in like 12, 24 hours, turn around uh, the sequencing to say exactly what was causing these these newborns to die. And so, yeah, wow, de I definitely I definitely felt um, that I was making a difference. And now, like, if something happens, yeah. and you know, you just get stressed at work, or because there's always some stressful thing that happens at work. In my mind, I'm like, is a newborn baby going to die mm. if I mess this up? Um, and the answer is always no. So that it makes me feel a bit more chilled. Yeah. But yeah, I de yeah, I definitely think me and the people that I work with definitely, and they continue to to, to make a difference. So yeah, and they let me sing Black Velvet in many of the summer dues. Fucking hell! Um, and yeah, yeah, and the and the Christmas ones. Those guys yeah. are keepers. That's a job for life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Cool. I mean, it's sort of like it, it takes me back to to conversations that I've had with people before, where I'm like. I feel like my intelligence level is somewhere along like the medium of of you know like average intelligence and but you do coding yeah it's higher than that i did I did a two day um programming for biologist course at public health England with yeah. my bioinformatician colleagues right at the end of day one, I walked out crying. I just everyone else got it and I was just like my hands up going I don't understand why does it not work why doesn't it work why doesn't it work and they were like because you haven't put this dot here and I was like this is insane I mean my child was very young then I had very limited, limited um, <laughs> sleep and I think I had a urinary tract infection as well so I'm just saying nice. you know yeah, just there all were other of that. factors to it yeah yeah there I get it but I actually walked out of the porter cabin in which we were learning in and I was like I, like in tears and I'm like I cannot do this so you do this all the time dude so yeah yeah I, hats off like, it's insane maybe it is a case of like you know grass is greener or, or like you know context but it feels to me like my intelligence fluctuates somewhere around the average for a human being um and so I'm quite comfortable go like i've i've sort of learned through making a, a sack of mistakes how to code ish um but I, I sort of tell myself it's okay for me to do coding and you know to to make mistakes and fix things and break things again etc etc because at the end of the day nobody fucking dies right but it like i would like to try being an airline pilot or a doctor or, you know a surgeon or something but i could never ever explore that because i know that on a bad day if i fucked up then somebody might lose their life or you know if it's an airline thing maybe 300 people and me i mean that would be the real tragedy if i don't and crucially but... yeah yes 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 uh, yeah um yeah i mean yeah those are far more high octane jobs aren't they i mean being a, a molecular virologist in a research lab and a diagnostic lab um you know there's there's and i guess maybe in the other jobs there's procedures in place mm. that like your what you've done has been checked um it certainly was the case with me maybe they just saw me as a liability i don't know um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's just double check that fair dr cross um but yeah yeah i think yeah there's, there's definitely more more high octane things and 
speaking of which, I remember saying to my partner last year, I'd had because I, in my role in the civil service now, I work in a, science, in a scientific institution, marine, more marine biology, really. But I got into the institution through the root of norovirus and how that is in oysters and stuff, and people getting sick, and that's where I, where I came in. And now I do portfolio management. I'm in the sort of management end mm. of science, so I'm not pipetting um, every day, and I manage a research and development portfolio and a commercial portfolio and I had a bit of a stressful day and I came home and I said to my partner I was like honestly I cannot believe how stressful project management can be and like was just like just really like oh my god and he went yeah because you know Grenfell was a walk in the park lease um and I was like <laughs> oh my god yeah it was actually at Grenfell but I yeah and I went I had to leave the room and I was like, okay, so I, I hate myself now and I am sorry for that. Can we pretend that's never happened? But then it's um, relative, so isn't it? You. you know, like a, a tough day for you <laughs> as a portfolio manager now. Um, yeah. Is, it's still a tough day because it's like a tough day versus the other like 100 days when everything went yes. pretty easily and you just waltz yeah, and yeah, get yeah. a coffee and sit down. and Yeah, yeah. Um, so. I remember going for a lunch in Canary Wharf once with a recruiter and he was also a sort of old friend of mine and um so he was like yeah just come out in the wharf you know I'll, I'll put a few drinks on the card and um you can meet this guy that i'm hiring in for anyway this guy seemed so stressed he was like i mean I, now i think about it he may have been on coke he was, he was like really like i was gonna say eyeball-y. was he bulgy eyes yeah like really eyeball-y really like had veins like using his hands a lot yes very gestury and not even italian and he um and he, he he was ranting away about his day and I didn't know him. He was just a you know, sort of friend of a friend or like client of a friend. But I did that thing what I think probably a lot of comedians do where they you know, they want people to like them and they sort of they're trying to relate. Oh, I'm not acquainted with that. <laughs> I'm not acquainted. what 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 do you mean? So you're looking great, by the way. Loving the words that you're saying. Thank you. Well, I don't yeah. understand this wanting people to like me. <laughs> Well, so I'm like, anyway, I'm, I'm sat in the wharf. I'm, I, I want this guy to like me. I'm chatting away. He, or rather, he's chatting away about his stressful day. And I sort of said, I made this huge mistake of saying like, yeah, I know oh, I know what you mean. Because like earlier on, I had this, like, and I told him about some n- non-problem that I'd had that day. <laughs> and fuck me, it was like throwing a match on kerosene. He was like, you, you, you fucking, what? Like he was so angry that my problem may have been you know I suppose it's like a there's a level of that to what you're saying you know it's sort of in my mind that was a stressful day for me that's why I was out for a drink but in his mind it was like yeah my whole office is Vietnam at the moment what the fuck are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) fair enough yeah no I see your point I see your point (laughs) does it bother you like that in 2020 and 2021 well anytime since 2016 that like you, you mentioned before about like everyone having an opinion and the dilution of uh, uh, what's the word um, facts no like sort of not precedent but like taking taking experts off of a pedestal that's really what I'm sort of trying to get at so like people not looking yeah. at expert not respecting experts so much everyone having an opinion um, whatever the issue is whether it's you know Brexit or Covid or, or anything else um, does that I mean obviously it must bother you but where do you think that's going to go do you think that's going to get better or 
I, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to get better. I think it's going to get worse mm. um, for the foreseeable future. Maybe when everyone's been vaccinated, like, I can't talk about Brexit because I don't know so much about that um, sure. <laughs> specifically. Yeah. Um, but in terms of, you know, when everyone's been vaccinated, I think then it will be like, oh, they did such a wonderful job. You know, all these uh, scientists and immunologists that have, you know, worked through the day and night to get a vaccine. And here we are now in a world back to normal. So when people feel more comfortable mm. and they're not in a stressed environment, I think they will be like, oh, no, that will, of course, that was magnificent. But I think where everyone is still in such a status of, of flux and of stress yeah. um, and they don't know who to turn to and maybe there's not strong leadership from whatever direction um, then yeah I think I think people are just like oh I don't I don't know which way's up I think that's I think that's what it is so yeah I think it will get worse and then hopefully it will get better yeah because the only way you know we can proceed is as, as a you know as the world is to have faith in in um experts and and to have good leaders basically so yeah good luck with all of that <laughs> <laughs> thanks yeah. do you think do you think we will get back to normal because i've I, I, I sort of frittered between i think it will thinking yes and then other days i'm like no it's going to be there's going to be social distancing in for maybe like i mean i'm not an expert but i i can't see us getting rid of some of these measures i can't see comedy coming back for like a couple of years I don't know. I think comedy will come back sooner. I really think, think you know, when the vaccination starts in full, um, in, in earnest, um, it will it will come back. I think it will be less than a couple of years. Um, it certainly won't be the summer. I bought tickets for Pearl Jam and Hyde Park, Hyde Park again, and um, in July, I was like, oh, why did I do that again? I did it last <laughs> year. Uh, love Eddie so much. Yeah. Um, but. I think it will be, and it will be interesting, I think, from a mental health perspective and a psychology perspective to see just how long it takes people to adjust. I mean, everyone's talking, aren't they, on social media about like when they're, because let's face it, we're just all watching films all the time, aren't we? We're just watching Netflix. Yeah. And you're there and like someone's at a club or someone's having a dinner party and you're, and we've had, you know, the restrictions for so long mm. that most people I know kind of physically recall with like, oh my god that's a bit close and look at all those people in the lift and yeah um yeah so i think it'd be interesting to see how long that is ma is maintained um I think but you know when you think when you think in terms of you know with the, the vaccination will the world go back to normal you think you know flu we're you know we're vaccinated each year mm. um and we don't enormously stress out about it and well apart if you're a virologist you do um but you know most people don't think oh flu season i'm going to cover my face in this country anyway no. um i think i think it uh, personally yes i think it will go back to normal it's going to be it's going to be a while um but yeah it'll be a gradual a gradual change one of the things i think that's probably going to stick around unless they find some way to fucking tax it to the hill is work from home so i can't see so if i take my job as an example right um obviously it's different for the fireman and it's a bit different for my missus because she works in property so there's a bit of like trekking around yeah, right. to properties and stuff but for people like me it's like the idea of trekking back into the office and spending like 400 450 quid a month on train fare pointlessly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. to lose four hours of your day 
to be knackered, spend less time with your kids, and and uh, like productivity wise in the office to be shitter. <laughs> Uh, and then for the, like if I if I don't if I just work from home then that's one fewer seats in the office and then let's say ten of us work from home then that's a smaller office space that they then have to rent so it makes sense for the for the company as well I think throughout this whole year everyone's seen how it actually doesn't really affect the productivity at all of these businesses no. so I no. just wonder like I mean how the fuck are they going to persuade three million people to get back on a train back into london every day yeah no i wasn't really thinking about the working from home and i was just thinking about sort of social distancing but mm. yeah you're right and i think many companies you know have already just gone right working from home i know uh the civil service is um looking at it in more detail we i mean we already had like you know future ways of working where we were desk sharing etc yeah um but yeah, so in, ter in terms of my working day, seeing I don't actually physically work with viruses anymore, I can work from home, mm. that's the beauty. Yeah. Um, I would see me, yeah, doing a mixture of going into the lab and being at home. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, just, yeah, I don't have to, like, so when I lived in London, I had to commute and that was quite a long time and everything that you've just explained. Yeah. But I'm lucky enough now that I can walk or go on my electric scooter, like the massive knob I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, uh, yeah, for me, so I've been doing this since March. I do miss people. Uh, you know, when everyone um, has been, like, saying on social media and stuff, like, I found out that I'm a introverted extrovert or i'm an introvert and i'm definitely an introvert i have found out that i'm very much an extrovert uh and yeah, yeah i i just miss people i miss yeah you know as i'm sure you do i miss either standing in an office getting people to listen to me talk um or standing on a stage and getting people to listen to me talk and smiling and then getting validation through that because that's the way my mind works so i do i do miss that and obviously you know i do zoom stuff and yeah but it's just it's it's not the same and i do i do really miss it and just as i'm sure everyone's feeling now it was fine well not fine in the summer but it was easier in the summer we're lucky enough to have a garden i'm really mm. really massively into gardening but now i'm just like i'm in this open pan room in which i'm sat in all day every day yeah um and it's driving me bonkers um yeah. do you know what's funny right it's, here i am talking about all the benefits of working from home but i'm and the, which there the are same. many. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I love, love walking my son to school. Um, and there's... I, I can't imagine a situation where I would go back to the office and, and they say, we're going to need you in at, like, 8 a.m. every day. And then I miss that. And then I get home at fucking, you know, 8 o'clock at night and he's already in bed. Yeah. Like, to lose yeah, yeah, yeah. every day of the working week like that is... That seems like a, you know, distant history to me now. Um, but I do miss the uh, there's there's like a romance to sort of you know I'm up early I see the sunrise I get on the train I've got my coffee I've got my paper I sit down I read the paper you know the hustle and bustle I get into the office I have a quick chat with my you know junior or mid-level developer and um, you know then I sit down and we check the news quickly and then we crack on you know like there's a real social yeah element to it that I do miss and and especially then after the working day's done and you know jumping on the train and gigging and um uh we're gonna be in tears in a minute eh i know <laughs> oh, 
I mean, whether anyone else misses me doing all these, that like, I'm sure as soon as I started working from home, people were like, "Thank fuck that guy's." I mean, here. we've got a pandemic to pay the, you know, the price to pay is the pandemic, but yeah. we don't have to see his little face anymore. So every cloud. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't ruled out that the pandemic is actually a massive hoax and it's just a lot of people don't want to see me. I just don't think we'll ever know, to be honest with you. I just, even as a virologist, I don't think we'll ever know. No. Uh, we could, you know, yeah, we could sequence that virus. You might be in blue in the face. Yeah. Yeah, I could, who knows? I could be. Um, but yeah, no, I just, yeah, I miss, I miss chatting with people and I make sure like, because it's just Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting or Teams meeting. Yeah. Um, and it's, I always like to start everything with just a 10 minute like non-work chat yeah yeah um with 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 people just yeah but that's sort of half my but, yeah. inspiration for even starting a podcast i'm sure like everyone else in in the pandemic but i was just like <laughs> you know i've got two kids now and um we stay in the house all the time you know we're pretty mm. obedient with regards to going out unnecessarily um but it is like you know it's i want to talk to I need to stretch outside Other my bubble and yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, that yeah, that's that's really really hard. Like I just um, I was talking to my partner before doing this, and then just the other day, and I built it into one of my newest sets. I was talking to my mum, and then I don't, I don't know how we got onto it, but I was ended up listing yeah. the contents of my garage section by section to her and my mum who's 73 and has been shielding since March and has been in and out of hospital and everything and so she doesn't have a lot of chat, chat and I ring her every day and yeah. so that's a nice thing even she went can you just can you just stop I don't, I don't know why you're I don't know why you're doing this um and just <laughs> oh, that was a real low point just thinking I'm her entertainment and she just asked me to stop talking because I'm so fucking godforsakenly boring um, I think everyone's got that saturation point, haven't they? <laughs> Ev like everyone. Like sometimes I, yeah. I, I'm telling Lucy about something and I will stop myself mid-sentence and sort of like disappear, so like end the rest of the sentence under my breath to myself cause, <laughs> and then like bookend it with like, oh, I'm so fucking bored of my own voice. Like, um, <laughs> like how can I expect other people to listen to this when I'm bored of me? I know. I, know. I just... Um... Yeah, so when when was it? It was before we left London, so it was about six years ago. Mm. Uh, my partner and I were driving somewhere, and he out. Of, uh, I hadn't asked him to talk, but out of nowhere, he just looked up and said to me, it's like 11 o'clock in the morning, he said, sometimes, Lise, at work, I just like mushrooms on toast. <laughs> and I went, what the fuck did you just tell me about? That's not in you. Oh, my God. Um, but basically... We have now realised that we've got to mushrooms on toast level right. of um, conversation. I think I did it tonight. I can't even remember what I said. It was so rubbish. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of like sometimes. Sometimes I just like mushrooms on toast. Do you? Thank you. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Thanks for that's where, we, that's where we all are. I consider myself looped in on that. Cheers. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm really glad that I've now told you. Yeah. What are you going to do with that? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Uh, <laughs> Nothing. Roll, roll my eyes at mushrooms. Fucking hate mushrooms. Oh. Oh, you're a mushroom hater. I am. Yeah. Gross. It's not uncommon. It's okay. It no, just no. Like I. So my former junior, now mid-level developer at work, was telling me um, she's Lithuanian, and she was telling me that she's cooked something really, really nice, and she's really, really proud of it. Uh, and I was like, oh, cool. Like, well, what did you cook? And she goes like. Uh, 
fish stuffed with mushrooms. <laughs> and I was like, are you oh. fucking joking? That's so oh. gross. Like, fi- like salmon, okay, and cod, all right, and prawns, fine. Like, I'm it's such the reaction. Not, not a, a fisherphobe, if that's even a word. I got, I, I got virology earlier, so that's fine. I've got words. Yeah, you're down. fine. That's the one that that yeah. But that fisherphobe is probably fine also. But anyway, um, like it's a fish. I was about to say fish food, seafood. Seafood is fine. Fish food is fine also. But but stuffed fish with mushrooms is like the fucking grossest thing. Uh, I'd rather well, eat my intestines. Which is gross because. But it's gross because you don't like mushrooms. Like if she said, "I've stuffed it with capers," I'd say, "Have a word with yourself." Yeah, this is turning it to be the most middle class. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and she and she dared to put tapenade on the top of the uh, monkfish, and yeah. I said to her, "Fucking have a word with yourself." I mean, I tell um, I tell myself that I'm, you know, you can't judge because for all I know, it could be, you know, it's like I'm sure that there's a lot of British food that is fucking gross people from outside of britain there has to be isn't there i mean none of it is well i guess like for me like black pudding mm. isn't ace yeah um capers famously um yeah. I, I just said i don't like them i did used to like them before i got pregnant and i can't stand them i feel like black pudding is one of those things where like if you were single and you went to a cafe with someone and you both got a breakfast yeah. and they had black pudding on their breakfast i think it yeah. might be a deal i think that might i'd be like yeah yeah, not, not mm, really. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, it is. Yeah. It's like boiled blood, isn't it, or baked blood, or something? I believe so. What's white pudding? No idea. Cheesecake. Un- that... Unboiled. <laughs> Unboiled blood. I don't know. I don't know where we're going with no. this. No, um, we're in the comedy cul-de-sac yeah. here, I think. It, yes. Um, yeah. So mushrooms. Mushrooms. Uh, yes, for me, mm-hmm. and a no for you. Interestingly, at one point, I thought I might like to become a mycologist. Um, What's a mycologist? Uh, well, funny you should ask. Please tell it's me. someone who studies um, fungi and like things like that. And now I've forgotten anything that's to do with it. Now I sound as though I know nothing about it. <laughs> Have you done like reading um, on it? Should we talk about mushrooms, like as in magic mushrooms? I've never done that, and I tell you for why. Mm. I don't think it would suit me. And I, you continue talking, mm. and I will then give you all the evidence. Yeah of other things that would suggest it's not the thing for me but you okay. crack on all right so here's here's my experience with magic mushrooms <laughs> so i had already done acid uh a few times so people had told me that shrooms were basically the same uh so a friend of mine bought a bag of hundreds of these fucking things and brought them back was he called dan they're always called dan no uh, ollie i think his oh. name was of course it's either ollie or dan ollie or dan yeah standard uh and uh and so he brings this polythene bag out and it's got fucking loads of them and i hate mushrooms so i'm like famously uh, i know this about you yeah right i mean i'm quite vocal about it apparently yeah um so i'm thinking how am i going to ingest this acid and not hurl (laughs) why have you put that in inverted commas because it's not really acid is it it's shrooms it's natural oh i see what you mean yeah so so i came up with this idea i'll i'll put it in between toast and butter the toast to fuck and then just like oh actual mushrooms on toast yeah so this is my equivalent of i mean if i think if i came out with this story to lucy it would be a little bit more interesting than just sometimes i like mushrooms on toast but (laughs) uh 
But anyway, so I stick all of these uh, shrooms inside the toast and I, I munch them down. And there was about 60 or 70 in there. And, Can I just ask mm. for additional details? Sorry to. Um, sure. uh, was that white toast or was it like whole grain? Or, my memory's what, telling me or white. Or half and half. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, my instinct is telling me white as well, but I just yeah. wanted to check. Okay. Just so, you know, um, I'm a scientist. Are you judging me on my white bread? Do I look like a white bread guy? God, no. No. Oh, okay. I eat white bread. All right. Um, so I, I gobble up all these shrooms, about 60 or 70, and then I start feeling really That's funny. That's a lot, isn't it? Mm. But I didn't know that. <laughs> I thought, well, I don't know that, but it seems like a lot. I, 60 or 70 well, of anything. Everyone around me was just like, you know, piling theirs into bread and so on. And and I just thought, OK, I guess that's the amount then. So I like gobbled them down. And it was only later that I asked, I was like, how many did you have in yours? And they were like about 20. And I was like, oh, fuck. And um, anyway, then I Oh, no, that's, like, that's in the post, isn't it? Yeah. And like breakdowns in the post for you. This has happened to me about three times in my life where I've thought I'm taking the oh, same goodness. amount as someone else. And then anyway, uh, then I turned around, looked at my friend's face. My friend's face was drawing itself like just some of that. Oh. I looked over at the curtains. The curtains had patterns on, but they were like drawing themselves. And then I laughed my ass off for about 10 hours. It was amazing. Oh, OK. So, so it was horrible for a little bit of time yeah. but you worked through it and then there was a lot of laughter yeah lots of laughter and I, there was a, a very small freak out because i i did actually ask or look up or something like what the recommended uh dose was and it said mm -hmm. 20 and i was like oh fuck i've had like three times the record like i hope i don't lose my fucking wow mind. Like, i mean that's enough to make you if you were me that's enough to make you lose your mind anyway because the anxiety then attached with the i've triple dose this like yeah. some sort of super hands event mm. um would would really freak me out so yeah no i've not done that or acid and never would for the simple fact that when i was a teenager and, and again wanted to be liked by my peers sure. there is a strong theme here mm. obviously you know it was the 90s i lived in a beach town love your jumper by the we way for... yeah hair looks good thank you yeah. thank you yeah. thank you cool oh i totally felt <laughs> <that>. <laughs> i felt for yours as well earlier when you were like you're looking good by the way i was thinking fuck i am looking good to like we're so needy what is <laughs> wrong ridiculous. with us well we're comedians we have it in our blood i mean yeah. that's that li i literally was like this this was new today. Um, oh right. Okay, um, yeah. I've got another one that says strong female lead. Um, yeah. Uh, but I thought that was a bit much. Sure. Um, for this, uh, I didn't want you to not like me. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, it doesn't it doesn't this jumper doesn't feel like his thing. I better wear the other one. <laughs> I get it. I'm not mocking. I'm exactly the same. I thought I better so, wear a nice white t-shirt because she might judge me if I have like a slightly dirty one. <laughs> a whole grain t-shirt. Yeah. Um, Carry on, sorry. So, yeah. yeah, so n not done any of those things and not going to. Um, but then, yeah, so the, it, picture it. It's like 1993. Um, it's the beach. It's Devon. We've had a barbecue. Mm -hmm. Had some doobies. I inhaled that twice. Um, instantly instantly obliterated um Wait, to the point and, and was this after you had been drinking some white lightning and omega cider had been consumed again i'd like to yeah i'd like to say i'm referring you to the late 90s sure, yeah, yeah. um and um 
so I did that and then just in, instantly mm. um um and then on other occasions um history had shown me that this was always the psychological reaction I always thought I'd wet myself which isn't wow. The, That's a really yeah, like it, specific fear. It's really specific. So I'd be like at a party, and this is like when we were doing our A levels, like hanging out, and someone and like some boy would be like, "Do you want this?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Oh God, no!" Um, yeah, <laughs> start and then crying. Would be like, sat I'm there. Yeah, no, nearly. And then and then would just put my hand like under my upper thigh. But my 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 girlfriends, my sisters knew what was going on, so they'd be like, "Oh, Crossy, you're all right." Yeah, fine. Yeah. Do you think you've wet yourself? Uh, yes, I do. Um, <laughs> and that's not a cool look for anyone, is it? Um, and then, no. so this particular time when we were at the beach, did that again, just two very small inhalations. And then um, I need, I definitely needed to go for a wee. So me and my friend, um, we decided to go around the corner um, to have a wee behind a rock. Right. And so I went for a wee, but I was very, very inhibited. Eh? Very inhibited. Right. I could not go for a wee, even though I wanted to. And I spent ages doing it. And she was like, come on, Lise. Dude, you're taking so long. But that's because I'd taken my trousers down, but I hadn't taken my pants down. Right. Um, because I was just uh, off my head. Yeah. Um, and then that's why I couldn't go for a wee. And then um, she came round, and then I was like, oh, I just wet my pants. And... Um, she was like, oh, God, let's go to the sea. Uh, we don't ever have to talk about this if you don't want to. And yeah. I was like, thank you. Don't tell anyone. It would be so embarrassing. And then we sat down by the fire. I was like, that. guess what? I just, uh, just wet myself. <laughs> so that's why I don't do it. Like, and that was like, like literally like, breathe in, breathe out. And that's, and that's what happens. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's not. It's such a different drug to, I mean, all drugs are different. But it's such a, like, I didn't, I've never gotten well with, with smoking weed. And friends of mine have actually a sort of half interesting thing is that when I was uh, I was about 15, 16, everyone started hitting the booze uh, as you do, and then we then we got to sort of eighteen, uh, and everyone was still sort of going out down the pub and stuff. But then weed just sort of bled into our group, and it totally ruptured our like social circle. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's really. I don't know if this happens in a lot of social circles, but like our our sort of group was about fifteen people ish um, that kind of revolved primarily around like a band, as everyone does uh, in that age. Yeah. And um, uh, but like the weed smokers would just want to go over to the guy's flat, smoke a load of weed, do bucket bongs and stuff, and just stay in literally all the time. And if ever I smoked weed, I, it would just shut me the fuck up, which. Yeah. We both know, and like I'm, I feel like I'm at my best when you know I'm just talking shit and shooting the breeze, and um, and I liked being, you know, as I was young, I liked being in the pub talking to girls, or at least there being some vague prospect of talking to girls. Um, so this idea of like, yeah, staying in, just being in it, just and being inside your head. Maybe it's just the way we're made. Like for me, I don't want to be. It makes me really introspective, and I don't. I don't want to feel like that. I want to feel gregarious. Or as I've, I, I, some journalist wrote the other day, more vivacious than Sue Pollard <laughs> at a karaoke bar. Yeah. Um, and I now think that's a very good summation of me. Um, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be introspective. I, I want to be vivacious, yeah. gregarious, and and um, not paranoid that I wet myself. It's not. It's just not. It's not for me. <laughs> no, it's kind of 
I, I wonder, like, if I, like, I don't want to go too deep into it, but sometimes I wonder, have I, have, have I ever, well, let me start again. Have I had some sort of, like, traumatic event when I was, like, you know, one or two, uh, where it now, like, rather than address it or come to terms with it, or like be introspective then it actually the safer psychological thing is to always be extrovert and focus on the external maybe and, and focus on like bouncing off what other people say and chatting to them and hearing their thoughts and like is there that or is it like i'm such a softy that actually nothing traumatic happened something minorly very inconvenient happened and i like it hurt me as though it was like a really traumatic event like is it is there something to that or is it like we're just we were just born a bit needy and a bit do you know what we've got to do we've got to trust the experts do you think is this your way of Mm. saying uh, you might need therapy aid (laughs) yeah (laughs) well it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't hurt does it it's all good it's all good stuff um i don't know i just think without going too heavy like for me and I've talked to a lot of comics about it. I was really badly... I might have even spoken to you about it at some point. Um, I was really badly bullied as a child. And I know that that... Mm. I like my um, my childhood was very lovely. Um, but I was very badly bullied. And um, that really influenced who I was as a person, I think. Mm. So, yeah. Did you go to uni after school? Yeah. Did you, did you find so, that uni was a lot better? Uh, yes. Hang on. Sorry. Uh, one second. Everything all right? Okay. As a fireman inching in and inching out again. Sure. Um, uh, yeah, totally. Totally. I, I found that everything. Well, I'm just doing the podcast. Oh, still... Yeah. Sorry, you're going to have to edit that out. <laughs> That's all right. Um, he just had his head shaved and it's slightly terrifying, um, but in a good way. Um, it's a good look. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, yeah, so school was horrendous, and then A level college. So we had like A level college, and in, in where, I, where I grew up um, was brilliant. And then it was like I was part of the cool gang, and then I came basically top of my school with my GCSEs, and then I became part of the cool gang and, and met boys and stuff when I was at did my A levels, and then I got two Ds and an N. Wow. Ooh. Um, but very proficient at shithead yeah. and smoking roll-ups. These are the things that I learned how to do. Yeah. Um, and dancing in a cool fashion um, in the disco uh, on a Saturday. Um, so, yeah, I became more of myself then. And then when I went to university, I was like, okay, I I feel like me now. But for so mm. many years at school, I just felt like the person that everyone hated, basically. Yeah. Uh, which many of them did. Um, do you think have so, you seen that um yeah. that show normal people um with the the girl and the boy yeah. and the necklace yeah that's how i would describe that the irish girl and the irish boy and the necklace yeah uh, yes i have i have i've read the book i've i've seen the series i cry i cried yeah i i forced the fireman to watch it he liked it less than i did really i i found it very mm. um uh intriguing stimulating i found it like it's a real not eye opener, but like it really sort of shines a light on how uh, people can change and benefit from going to university. In the sense yes, that, in their... the first bit, like there, I haven't I haven't read the book, but 
um, in the dramatization of it, like in the first section where they're at school and she's the loser and you know he's pretty cool and and then when they get to university, it's like a total switcheroo. It's complete opposite. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's probably true for a lot of people. Like school wasn't a barrel of laughs for me. I was sort of in that kind of in betweenery crowd where we weren't okay. a super sad or like bullied bunch, but we definitely weren't like the cool guys or anything. Um, uh, and I got like kicked in the shins a couple of times, like walking down uh, corridors and. Uh, uh, but then, yeah, like going to university was a completely different kettle of fish really bizarre how it just sort of switches like that yeah it was just wonderful because then all the things that i was bullied for like uh, liking science and you know at the time i was quite quiet and and studious and i didn't swear very much and um you know i was considered posh which was hilarious in that my mum didn't work and my dad worked at a factory like like I'm so <laughs> working class do you know what I mean but I was the posh girl ridiculous um then you know the things that were deemed non-attractive in me you know at primary and early secondary school was just like oh okay cool yeah no well we're all here for the same common reason as we want to get better in our trade and we want to do this and we want more knowledge and yeah mm. it was yeah it was good also my breasts were bigger um <laughs> So yeah, it just worked better. <laughs> and and less fear of pissing yourself, which is always good. And yes, steered, steered clear of that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, win-win, absolutely win-win. <laughs> when when uh, when all of this is over, like, this is how people always talk at the moment, isn't it? It's like you know. Well, Do you mean life or the pandemic? The pandemic, like when it's all okay. like we're all vaccinated and things are back to normal. Um. Do you think that you will return to doing stand-up in a sort of semi-serious... Like, do you, Can you imagine yourself doing a Fringe show? Oh, God, that's a really good question because everyone's always asked me that and I always did imagine myself doing that. But, like, if I'd started... You know, I was 34 when I started. Mm. Um, if I was 24, yeah, definitely. I just... I'm obsessive about comedy, as I think you are too, yeah. or were, or... Um, and I would love to have an hour under my belt and take it to the fringe. Um, do I realistically now at my age here in literally the almost the most southerly point of the country? Yeah. Um, think I'm going to do that? Probably not. I, I would love to, though. I would really, really love to yeah. more than anything. Um, do I think it's going to happen now? Yeah. Yourself? Um, I So before before they cancelled edinburgh um i was giving serious thought to putting the nuts and bolts together of creating a sort of like a punk rock diy london festival uh where the spots like the hour-long shows or like split you know 50 50 shows um wouldn't be costing you know five grand or whatever and we would all just sort of muscle <gasps> in and we would put it on in August at exactly the same time as Edinburgh, but I would call it Instead Edinburgh, right? So it's a bit bit of a gimmicky name. Oh, no, I like it. Yeah. I like but it. But I thought, like, we could probably get loads of venues to, to give us stage time because ordinarily they would have comedy shows on, but all the comedians would be in, but August, uh, in yeah. Edinburgh uh, for the whole month. So, that yes, there's the Camden Fringe, but this would be... Like just, I was going to say, where would you have it, Camden or elsewhere? Um, 
I don't know yet. I'm not sure I really got that far in the planning. I, I spoke to Steve McLean about it a couple of times and, and Harry. Um, mm. But, uh, and then, yeah, Harry passed away, unfortunately, and um, and the pandemic hit. And, uh, and now I'm like, like the whole time that this has been going on, I've been, you know, anytime I think of something half funny, I write it down in this little, you know, my iPhone notes thing. And I'm like, oh, we're going to have... I do that too. Some, yeah, right? Like, you don't want to lose the joke. Or, you, like, you say something off the cuff to someone and they wet themselves with laughter and you're like, fucking yes, okay. Can't wait to try that next bit. Uh, oh. um, so I would like to get back to doing it somehow at some point. Um, you should do, like, when the world's come back to normal, like a week-long comedy festival in the Dorset coast i'd like to yeah i mean it's as ever there you go. it's like childcare, isn't it at least in london i can get back every night with uh yeah 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 with dorset you could all stay in a yurt we could do yeah yeah so, yeah this is a terrible idea <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's an idea. option i mean okay. i'd like there to be here's the thing right i'd like there to be the prospect of some journalists coming down to it just to check it out so it builds a bit of a name for itself and i think that would be yeah, easier in london uh, uh yeah definitely 100 but yeah and then there's like let's be real there's a lot of ego to this i'm like i kind of want to be the guy that sets up like <laughs> the, the alternative to edinburgh but i'm sure i'm probably shooting a little bit high it'll just be the same as every other like open it'll just be an open mic thing that lasts for a month <laughs> like, yeah. just don't make it like the fire don't make it like the fire festival um don't like you know serve ham salad no it was cheese salad wasn't it in that horrible do you know what i'm talking yeah, about yeah 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 have you seen the documentary yeah, of yeah. it i very much have oh fascinating yeah i think he's in Good jail God. now it just i think he's in jail but just what was he like was he a narcissist was he a sociopath was he just all of those things but yeah, it just shows you when someone shouts loudly enough, and yeah, that people will follow. Well, there's a lot of um, so like with Trump leaving office and people like that guy. What I can't remember what his name was now, but um, I feel like no, I can't. He had a certain, like an Irish surname, something Mc something. Dick McCavity. Yeah, something like no, that. No, that wasn't his name. No <laughs> nickname, maybe, but no, he. <gasps> Like people like this, like sociopath and psychopath, are sort of terms that get thrown around quite a lot. But I actually think that for a lot of these people, it's it's like con man, like a con man in the truest sense of like confidence man. Like they just talk to you as though they truly believe what they're talking about. They've got such confidence, yeah. and people are so yeah. willing or desperate or to believe. Yeah, and they're like to to, to he says to he's going to make relinquish. Better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To relinquish our worries and our control with with someone else that says, "Don't worry about it." You know, you don't need to stress about this anymore. I have the way. I will do this. Yeah, you know, yeah. Absolutely, and I think so, yeah. he's he's a great example of that. So he may not be a sociopath. He might be crying in his cell every night about what he did or about how much he's sorry about I think it. He did or... it again though, but then oh, he did he? it again, didn't he? Like from from prison. Really? Didn't he? Like in that documentary, didn't he? Like try and he was doing some scam from prison or something, um, whereby he was selling tickets for. I believe, like, you know, for certain shows and stuff or, like, the VMAs or... Wow. Uh, and then he got caught again, I think, 
allegedly. I have to look that up. It's been a while since I've seen the documentary, but oh well, if if that's true, then fuck him and his ashamed ancestors. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't think he was crying. I think he was just on to the next scam. It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, maybe he is a sociopath then. To to go through that sort of thing and have so little self awareness, shame, or uh, fear that he's going to be judged again for the same yeah. thing is. Uh, I mean, it's dumb. That's that's the thing that never really makes sense. Is people you, you're led to believe that psychopaths are like supremely intelligent. They rise up to be CEOs everywhere, but people like him make me think like that's really fucking stupid. I think. I mean, I'm no psychologist, um, uh, but I think you know with this kind of yeah. So so many CEOs have been found to be um psychopaths and maybe it's not a level of actual intelligence but just the level of risk you are willing to take on things and the level of mm. not giving a shitness i don't think that's an actual term no. um not very scientific doctor would be like it's not it's not very it's not very <laughs> scientific um but maybe yeah i mean i'm just making this up at the top of my head but you know yeah maybe it's just like me and you'd be like oh it's really shitty actually if i undercut that man or i yeah. i take that person's um, idea as my own or whatever and oh god even if i do do that oh i'm staying up at night and worrying about it to be kind of relieved of all of those yeah um constraints that you know make us nice people <laughs> most of the time yeah. and not not do stuff would be like right yay i'm ceo perhaps yeah it's like do you do you follow um donald trump's niece on twitter no, what? But I know of her. What's she called? I think her name is Mary Trump. Mary, it's Mary, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yes. No. So I'm aware, but I don't follow her on Twitter per se. But well, she is a qualified psychiatrist, I think. She's written a book, hasn't she? Yeah. Like a lot of people, she's written a book about Donald Trump, but I think hers is extra interesting because of her trade. Um, and the fact that she's sort of broken ranks within that family to kind of, you know, speak out and stuff. And, and she has made a diagnosis of sorts of, of him. Mm. She was tweeting about it the other day saying, like, the thing you have to understand about a personality like that is that it is all about getting the win. But he's never had a genuine yeah. win in his life. He's never truly achieved anything. So it's yeah. really about, like, by hook or by crook. I will break the rules. I'll fuck this guy over. I'll do. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. She's a lot more eloquent than I am. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think there's some truth to that. I think it's like you know, getting the win and being seen to be the victor uh, is is all. Um, mm. And it's it's quite. It's not even alarming sometimes when you see it. Like it's quite fascinating when you see it. Like on on the open mic circuit, for example, where you see people who. Um, it's not about them working the craft and learning it and yep. uh, enjoying the process of writing and then taking something that you wrote and writing into it and and trying that and pulling it apart and twisting it and um, and trying it on different nights of the week. Like, it's none of that. It's just about being seen to be the guy on the stage with the microphone that everyone's listening to. And they're completely different people. It's like yeah. you're... You know, you're Ashley Hayden and you're, you know, Jamali Maddox over here, learning the craft, enjoying it, loving stand up in its truest, like the beauty of the art of it. And then some of the other guys. Which <laughs> that... <laughs> we will not name. Yeah, like. Interesting, though, all of those people, and then you refer to the other guys, they're all men. You haven't alluded to women being like that. 
No, that's true. <laughs> Tanya is a great example, though. Like, I, every time I've seen Tanya, I've never had any doubt whatsoever that she loves comedy and mm. has worked on it, like, worked her ass off. Um, it's just... It's there's a there's there's one guy that sticks in my head. One guy, not girl. Uh, you don't meet many girl psychopaths, I don't think. Uh, was Eileen? I mean, she's not a stand-up comic, famously. But was Eileen Wernus classified as a psychopath in the end? I don't know. This is such a. I, I did not see it going down this road. No. Um, but you know, monster. You know, Eileen Wernus, yeah. the female serial killer, who did... I think was provoked a lot, and then killed a load of men the movie made it out kind of like she was yeah abused a lot I, yeah, and then yeah. took it out on a few men I don't know there are definitely there are definitely many many female psychopaths though I think um, Rose West probably yeah I think we could probably put her in that bracket definitely um, in the not nice category um, of people yep I wonder yeah. if Margaret Thatcher actually she's there's a lot of traits there Oh gosh! And if, if you watch The Crown, I mean, obviously that's fictitious, but yeah, um, yeah goodness me. I mean, yeah. is it fictitious? Like, because I know they, I know there's a big thing about it where they're like they have to say it's a work of fiction or it's a fictionalized account of it. But there's a lot of stuff in there where it's like, I mean, I've read all this stuff already in the papers, so I yeah, kind of know yeah. it's at least half sourced. I think there's embellishments, isn't there? But yeah. um, she did just absolutely come off as a bit of a cold fish yeah <laughs> i would i would say yeah well but it's not just in that show is it like people i mean putting tens of thousands of families out mm. out of work with no money coming in just sending them on the breadline. there's that yeah to not have any empathy for that sort of action is is and and to have slightly it slightly inhuman yeah to have it fueled by your own ego like you want to be the the champion of the new yeah. world is 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 weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, and then I don't know how accurate that dramatization was of her talking to her daughter and telling her daughter <gasps> that didn't she tell her daughter that the other one was the favourite or something? Yeah, something Mark like because he was the man. I don't remember the exact um, yeah wording of it, but I just was sat here going, oh, <gasps> yeah, yeah. I said yeah. to Lucy, I was like. We will never ever tell Jacob that Ruby is our favourite. We won't. No, no we, just won't, no. <laughs> we must keep this on the down low. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to have to leave it there because we've been talking for quite a while, and I don't want to keep you all night. But this has been oh bless you, really really interesting. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for joining me. And um, yeah, if you want to catch up with uh, Dr. Lisa Cross, then find her on Twitter or LinkedIn. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm more exciting on Twitter. I'm much more exciting on Twitter. Are you? Is there fewer jokes on LinkedIn? I'd say none, except for that one time. Remember, you won't remember, but one of my best jokes ever is um, in 2015. There was 15 million people on LinkedIn. Five of them were mermaids. I'll leave it there because we don't have an extra five minutes for me to go into my set. Um, but it's just funny that we brought that up because that was yeah. a very funny joke that I did. Um, but yeah, no, I'm funnier on Twitter. I'm quite yeah. mute on LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah, I've got I've got louder recently. Anyway, I don't, I don't want to get into this. Um, let's uh, <laughs> let's leave it there. And yeah, thank you so much, Dr. Lisa Cross. Sleep. Yeah, thank you. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>